0: You know what we are getting, though? Yes. Frank Dolce, Utah Insider for the Zone Sports Network. You hear him on multiple shows throughout the course of the week. It was our idea. We take full credit for all of your appearances, Frank. Good morning.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I give you full credit as well. Uh, are you including Jake in that credit? I think he was somehow Jake's brainchild. So I'm going to throw Jake in there as well.
0: All right, fine. Throw Jake in there. Yeah. Yep, pretty good, Jake. Pac-12 football is finally here. Thank goodness we are all ready for games. The number one question you want answered on Saturday is?
1: I think there's two questions that I, I want answered. Um, the, the first one is, you know, the, the obvious, who, who's going to be taking the – snaps and you know i i I thought it was surprising that coach whittingham mentioned that they they have their starting guy even though they're still battling in camp but that just seems out of character for him so if coach whittingham knows who the starting guy is then everybody on the team knows who the starting guy is even if they haven't named the starting guy so i'm interested to see how that unfolds and i'm still
0: Man, you crossed the line, and Kyle just end the conversation right there. He just didn't like the direction of that. He's all-powerful, PK.
2: Yeah, all that was very impressive. He was starting to leak it out. Yeah, right? It's going to be... It's going to be... Yeah, uh, and boom, Kyle. Whew. That's why I'm staying on this side, man. I'm not going to say it for sure, for sure. I've hinted if you've been paying attention, but I'm not going to say it till Friday, because at that point, Arizona, what are you going to do? It's, it's too late. And as if it makes a big deal. We certainly know who Arizona's quarterback's going to be and so I think that, that's I think Kyle gets a little paranoid on that, but what the heck. Coaches,
0: what are you gonna do? They're paranoid yeah. at uh Boise State too. They got two they got two good quarterbacks who performed well and they don't want to let be what you know. It's
2: well all Harson is saying is Bachmeyer, we don't know his availability, but he's not out for the season.
0: <laughs> okay. That's classic, not out for the season. That's that's right in line with Kyle. All right, you back with us there, uh, Frank?
1: Yes, I'm sorry. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but
0: Kyle did it. I, I do. Kyle did it. Yeah, he didn't like where I you were going.
1: That's that's where where it where it was headed, and I don't know. I'm driving, um, but I so I don't know what's happening with the maybe the election day or something funny happening with you know Wi-Fi internet sort of stuff so we'll see we'll try and get through
2: this so rather than things that you are maybe concerned about how about things that you feel like all right the utes can do this because this is what they do so in my mind i've got good defensive line play because they even though it's amazing when you think about it even though they sent three guys all three seniors got drafted and are on NFL rosters out of the defensive line. I still feel like that could be a strong point, which just is amazing. Uh, to the Speaks to the consistency and the development of Utah's program. And and then they lose their career-leading rusher in Zach Moss. We don't know he was really good, but they always seem to have 1,000-yard rushers. So I'm sure about the defensive line being good. And I still think that they'll be able to run the ball. Anything that you feel extremely confident about because we've watched it for so many years?
1: Well, yeah, the the, the defensive side, I mean, replacing all of the talent and productivity. So that's a question. Uh, But because, like you said, because we've seen it for so long, I don't have a huge concern about Utah reloading on the defensive side, especially up front. And, and I think they're going to be—they're going to have to be really good up front, especially early in the season. As you know, linebackers—even though I, I really like Boyd back there—linebackers, defensive backfield kind of get settled in, and maybe especially in the defensive backfield. So I don't have huge concerns about the defensive side. I think they'll be able to stand their own. Um, maybe not. The same productivity as a year ago, but but they could approach that at some point in the season. On the offensive side, I really like the I, I like the offensive line, and I really like the talent in the running back group. Um, and then I think you add in what, a guy that I think could have you know kind of this Bronkowski type of effect on the offense. And Brent Keech, I think he's that talented. He does everything really well. Um, he's a he's a nightmare to match up on the defensive side, and so I mean I I really like the, the some of the tools on the offensive side. I guess I have a little question about the outside receivers. Um, Britton Covey sounds like he's back full speed, and as productive as Tyler Huntley was a year ago, I think I think the youth can get at you know, at least that same productivity out of the quarterback position. I'm placing a lot of that on the shoulders of of Coach Ludwig. And so, yeah, I mean, there's question marks about this football team. um, And they do have to replace a lot of talent. But I'm also optimistic about the team.
0: Frank Dolce, former Ute quarterback, joining us here on 97.5 at of The Zone. You know, the interesting thing about uh, Covey is that they got a really good tight end coming back in Keithy, and I think uh, Fotheringham has done some good things for him. Now they got a transfer from the University of San Diego, and I'm trying to read between the lines on Kyle's media availabilities, and it, Kyle's making him sound like he's the best tight end. And it's like, but if you're using tight ends, you don't usually have a slot receiver. I suppose you could go with... Two wide receivers and Covey in the slot, and a tight end. Although you only have one tight end, right? You can have a running back. So, what what is this offense going to look like as far as receivers are going to go? How is this going to work?
1: Well, I you know I, I think it would be interesting to you know I, the 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 Golden State Warriors went small ball in, in basketball, and I wonder if you could do something like that a little. It's, the same but different, you know, for Utah football, and just throw three tight ends out on the field and Britton Covey as your uh. as your as receiving group, and and see how and see how that. Because I I I, I if you have guys like like Keithy, who I think is the best, I really like Fotheringham too, and we'll see about number three. If if you really have talent like that, those guys are just matchup nightmares or. For a, for a defensive football team, and you're gonna, are you gonna put a linebacker on those guys? You won't be able to keep up. You're gonna put a strong safety on, maybe not big as and as powerful as strong. You know, it, it creates problems for a defense. So, so maybe you throw a few of those, few of those guys out there, along with Britton Covey, who also presents matchup problems. Uh, it's just trying to – and this is where I say I put a lot on the shoulders of Coach Ludwig. It's trying to maximize the talent that you have available. And if the talent you have available is in, is distinctly in the, in the tight end group, then don't you have to figure out a way to get those guys on the field, even if they're on the field at the same time? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to leave your most – if it's true, your most talented people on the sidelines.
0: I'm Samson Nakua, and I do not approve of this formation.
1: <laughs> well, I I kind of would like to see it. I'd like to see it. Uh, two two flex tight ends, Britton Covey, and one of the tight ends lined up on the outside. Gronkowski used to do that sometimes.
0: Yeah. Great. You just compared the Ute receivers, to, Ute tight ends to Gronkowski. Cougar fans will now begin to fill my Twitter feed. Let me check. Hold on.
1: I know. I did it twice. I did it twice, and that's okay. I mean, people people can twist it around a little bit. I I think there's, you know, I think that those guys, especially Keith, can have that kind of effect on a game because he presents challenges on the defensive side.
2: So going big picture, I'm saying uh, best case scenario obviously is six and zero. Worst case scenario is four and two
1: scenarios four and two who do you have those two losses uh who they might be against would you say usc and arizona state yeah most yeah. likely yeah I, I think that's probably how i would that's that's probably how i would look at it too utah got a nice draw on the north and the crossover game with with oregon state so i think that's helpful uh, I think that I, I think that you're probably I'm probably on the same I, I you know I rarely I rarely pick an undefeated season because it seems like right one of those things you know one of those teams sneak up and get you I think anything worse than four and two would be kind of a disappointment for for the football program and that's you know assuming lots of things that we're assuming like the defensive side is. Is going to be able to manage that loss of talent and productivity. So, but I'm with you on that. I think that that um, I'd probably be four and more, four and two, five and one is is probably a reasonable guess at the season.
0: Okay, but it's not really an undefeated season. It's half of an undefeated season. Six is half of twelve. Utah math. Come on, stay with me here, Frank.
1: If Utah goes six and zero, I think they should be well seven and zero. You'd have to go seven and zero, then I think they should be considered you know, national champions.
2: I hear a lot of that talk in the state right now. <laughs> <laughs> w- was, was that a little bit of a shot right there?
0: I don't know. Let me check my Twitter mentions. Yep. Twitter's broken. Good work. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> I don't
1: know. I don't know what you call that, but I do love Kalani Kotaki. I will say
0: that. <laughs> <Without> <laughs> you got and you got no use for anybody else in blue. Go ahead and say that. What about a rod? You going to throw a rod a bone?
1: I, and and I and I'm a huge fan um, of A Rod as well, no, no question about it.
2: So what you're saying, if BYU and Utah would have played this year, Utah would have kicked the crap out of them.
1: <laughs> I I mean I think Utah's going to win that game that game every time Utah Utah plays that game. And by the way, I think it's a game that should be played every year. I, I'm not a I don't I don't I'm not a guy that thinks that you should avoid that game unless you have You know, Corona or whatever that we have going on right now that that eliminates that game. But I also think that Utah should be playing Utah State every year. I mean, I like the I like the in-state rivalries. That you know, the landscape of college football doesn't necessarily allow that, but but uh, I like those. I like the in-state games. No, no question.
0: Frank Dolce joining us, Utah Insider for the Zone Sports Network. Uh, is there anything about Arizona that scares you, or is everything you heard, program in disarray, uh, not enough talent? I've looked at some of the um, you know, the nationalists where they do, you know, rank them schools 1 through 130, and, like, the bottom half of the Pac-12 South is maybe the middle of the Mountain West Conference. I mean, they're just getting trashed in a lot of these rankings.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, anything can happen. So, I, I, you know, that, that is a slight, slight concern, I guess. But I really was a big fan of Kevin Sumlin. I thought that, that he was going to when, – when they made that hire and, and Arizona State made their hire, I thought that one school got it right and one school was going to have a coach for about half a season. And that turned out to be the opposite of what I thought. And and so I am I, still I don't know I still have this little hope that someone can get it figured out and get that program back on track because when you know it's just it's good for college football it's good for the Pac-12 when when you have you know this better competition throughout the throughout the league so but I just am kind of scratching my head about. Um, about where that program has gone under the direction of someone who I thought was going to be really good and, and take Arizona to be, you know, kind of a uh, some, someone to compete against week in and week out. A guy that a guy that would take his program into the conversation of, of conference championship every year.
2: Yeah, yeah. Bite your tongue there, Frank. Come on, man. Don't...
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, well... You got it. You got it right. I mean, your guy got it right. And did you, I mean, how much faith did you have in Herm Edwards when he didn't know what a Sun Devil was or he didn't know that the Sun Devil was your mascot, for heaven's sake? I mean, his first two press conferences were, like, disasters.
2: Well, actually, I felt a level of encouragement once he hired Antonio Pearson, as you know, with the California roots there in the L.A. area. Uh, Pierce, yeah. who played in the NFL, actually played at Arizona, but was the coach at Long Beach Poly. And, and, and I, you know, it's been 25 years since I've worked down there, but I've been to Long Beach Poly. It was a power then. It's a power now. So my point is, once he hired Pierce, the idea is, all right, Herm is going to get it. It's about recruiting, man. And that's one thing Kyle has just drilled into our heads over and over again. It's about recruiting. It's, coaching is nice and you got to have it, but it's about recruiting. And so I took a level of encouragement there that he hired a guy who could bring in players, a guy who had a name in a fertile recruiting area. So I think that was a positive. you got to understand what it takes to win and who you are and how you go about winning. And that's one of the things that Kyle does extremely well as far as bringing in dudes that he knows that he can mold them. And the, you know, they may have been a quarterback and they'll play defensive end at uh, Utah. And obviously Paul Kruger did that and now Kruger's living the fine life, splitting time between Park City and Scottsdale because he made all that money as a professional NFL football player. So he does that real well. And that that's the one thing that I've never understood is that programs, and this includes the professional ranks, study the programs that are really good. And if you're like Arizona State, should be studying Utah's program. How have they been so good? You know, don't study SC's program or Stanford's program. Or even Oregon's program because they're just they're on a different level. But study the programs that you re, that you connect with and are in a similar situation. Find out what they do and then try to copy that. And I think that's what Herm has done in terms of getting players in. Because in the final analysis, to me, it's about the players.
1: Well, I think you, you made a couple points there that I, I, I'd like to comment on. One is uh, the recruiting. There's no there's no question about the way Coach Whittingham has approached that. And the ability to go out and get talent and 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 find, you know, three star guys that really play like four or five star guys, guys that were dismissed by other programs. And I think you learned that lesson under Coach McBride, who who really started that trend of let's go out and find guys, let's go out and find talent. And Coach Whittingham has built that to the point now where we can say, well, you lose nine guys across the defensive side and offensive side, and, and, you're, and you're not going to take much of a step backward because your depth of talent is really good. Um, and then Coach Urban Meyer, same thing. I mean, he, you know, Kurt, Kurt, Urban Meyer is a great coach, no question about it. But look at the guys that, that have been have played for him. Those are I mean, those are those are guys that play on Sundays all the time now. So yeah, no question he got the recruiting thing right. And then the other thing that you mentioned that that gives gives me a little bit of optimism, maybe more than a little bit of optimism about where Utah will be defensively this year is because Coach Whittingham and I said this yesterday on one of your shows, Coach Whittingham regularly takes the most talented people from the offensive side and immediately transplants them to the defensive side. So at the University of Utah, I would say that still the majority of the talent on the football team resides on the defensive side of the ball.
0: So I guess the thing that uh, we'll be talking about next week is that the youths and this goes back to the Sumlin hire and the one thing I don't really understand because from the start PK was telling me to pump the brakes on this coach is good this coach is great he's always said that about coaching hires um, but the one thing I thought Sumlin would do is coming from Texas I thought there's, there's so many athletes in Texas that he would get his fair share of guys and the defense under Richrod rich Rod was terrible would at least be mediocre and they would at least be winning six or seven games a year but when they went out last year and gave up 30 points seven games in a row and lost six of them, and then you watch the Utes in the middle of that run, or actually it was near the end of that run, and the Utes play them, and it's like, that defense athletically isn't very good. I mean, it's just not, not only do they not tackle when they get there, they don't, they don't really get there that often. It, it was, it was, it was shocking how easy it was for the Utes to move the ball. It's not that they scored 60; they didn't need to, they didn't want to, you know, play backups and all that stuff, whatever. Uh, but it, it was just so easy, and I still can't believe that Arizona athletically isn't a little better on defense. I'm expecting the Utah offense to have a pretty good day, but I just don't know that it's going to answer that many questions because we're going to be thinking, well, did Arizona upgrade the defense? We're just not seeing it yet, or is it more what we saw at the end of last year? Where everybody's scoring thirty or forty points on them, and a couple people score fifty on them because they're just they're terrible.
1: Yeah, I don't know that we'll, we'll know much after the first game. Maybe you know, maybe it's going to take a few weeks. It feels like that all the time, and you know, it's, it's just going to take a few weeks into the season to understand the the complexion of the of the football team and the makeup of the football team. That goes for everybody. So, but I, but I, I you know, for, for the Arizona side, I. I, I don't know that there's a lot of optimism about um, one the way that the, the program is being led right now under Coach Sumlin, and then you can you know look back across what you said about you know the talent that he had available in Texas and not utilizing that talent, or not simply not getting that talent. Yeah. That's a that's a big thing, um, and then and then yeah, currently the talent that he has on on the on the team and and his. Um, you know, Coach Whittingham is relentless in, in going out and finding – and that's how he's built his staff. I mean, those guys are relentless about going out and finding talent. And I don't know that that same culture exists right now under Sumlin at Arizona, and that makes it super difficult. By the way, just a shout-out to Rich Rod. I, I was a big fan of Rich Rod. I know that he struggled a little bit um, – at Arizona, but it seemed like he was kind of a guy that could have lasted there a while if the, if the fans didn't go so crazy. And he was good for at least one epic meltdown <laughs> on the sideline during the season, which I thought was fantastic.
0: Frank, we appreciate the time. Thanks for checking in. We will talk to you again next week.
1: You guys, you know, you're my favorite show. I always tell you that. Um... And and I have you know we have the South Bay ties, so I feel a real affinity for for at least half of you guys. And if you want to do this, you know, a couple times a week, let me let me check my schedule. I might be able to make it happen.
0: Just the fact you said a couple guys, Jake feels you know he's starting to he's starting to feel like you know he was a he's part of the team early in the interview, and now you just dismiss him. You're trying to take a shot at me, but you just. I mean, basically, I thought I was watching a Saints game there. I thought that was the Saints and the Bears.
1: There's a whap, whap. Jake knows. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Frank. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon.